This episode of the Feel for the Game podcast is brought to you by 19.9. Visit 19.9.com. It's a one-stop shop for all your college apparel needs, including some of the softest shirts you can buy, and now they even have college retro shorts with pockets. A great find for all you coaches out there. So visit 19.9.com and get geared up. In this episode of the Feel for the Game podcast, we talk with John Peckinpah, head boys basketball coach at Noblesville High School in Indiana. Coach talks about his experience as a college player and coach and the transition from college coaching to high school. Let's get to the podcast. Coach Peckinpah, appreciate you being on. Uh, Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I've really enjoyed following you guys and what you guys are doing for the game. You guys got some good stuff out there and good stuff going on. I appreciate it, man. And and as you know, we kind of got a, a mutual friend and your college teammate and, and my varsity assistant, Mike Kibalowski. So been able to follow your success and, and different stops. And and uh, now you're going to have a good thing going in Noblesville and, and we'll plan on talking about that. But but let's get into some of that background. Um, if you want to kind of fill us in on playing days in high school, playing days maybe in college and then um, time as an assistant coach in college. Yeah, you know, starting off my high school career, I was a little bit spoiled. Um, I, I feel like I got to play in the North Central Conference with its kind of last go at it with um, multiple very good teams in it with Anderson being really good. Marion was really good when I was in there. Richmond was good. Mm-hmm. Newcastle was really good. So um, getting to play against all those teams when we were all good was, was, was really fun. Um, and then I was on a really, I got a dress on a really good team my freshman year that went to the state tournament. Um, unfortunately, ran against, ran up against Greg Oden and Michael Conley. So that, that didn't end well. And then yeah. <laughs> kind of rebuilt my sophomore year. And uh, I played a pretty big role towards the end of the year and got a chance to play in another state championship. Wow. Uh, unfortunately, those two guys were still there and we <laughs> beat up on us a little bit. But, um, it was just really fun um, to play with the guys I grew up with and Muncie. And um, it was kind of the last time Muncie's really made a couple runs at the state championship. So it, it meant a lot to us. It meant a lot to our community. Um, it, it was it was a fun thing to be a part of. And then I got the opportunity to play for Dane Fife, who uh, I have all the respect in the world for. Um, he was similar to my high school coach. Um, really hard nosed. Mm-hmm. Um, he got the most out of his, his players. Um, I, I think we all knew that coach would run through a brick wall for us. So we all in return played pretty hard for him. Um, you know, I, I had a chance to play on a couple good teams there in Fort Wayne that um, set the school record for division one wins. So that, that was a, I had a pretty fun journey playing in, in two really good programs um, in high school and in college. So, so with, you know, you, you going to IPFW at the time and, and playing under Dane and him, his similarities with your high school coach, did that kind of drive why you went there? Um, or what were some things that, that you considered? Um, Dane was really the first guy to recruit me and I was a huge IU fan. Um, so right from the start, uh, he was actually probably my favorite IU, IU player ever just because he was on that final four team. Oh yeah probably when I was a sixth grader. So that's kind of when I really, really fell in love with the game. So I, I thought it was a really big deal that Dane Fife was calling me. And then sure. as I got to know him and kind of 
saw what what system they were doing and how he coached uh, it just made it made it a really easy decision for me I think I committed um, a couple weeks after my junior se uh, season was over um, so I didn't really hang around too long and yeah. wait. I, I knew what I wanted to do once I got to know him as a person and a coach and then like you said kind of right around the onset of that time and he comes in and went from D2 to D1 and then from kind of continuing to move up in, in, um, in conferences and that type of thing. I mean, just to see the trajectory of that program take off has been really cool. No, without a doubt. I've had the privilege to be on both sides of it um, as a player, then as a GA. And then I came back as an assistant for a year, which was, was really fun. Um, got the chance to coach in Assembly Hall and get a big win. Um, yeah. That, that place has given me a lot in terms of helping me after college. And, and it, it's, a, it's a great place. And Coach Kaufman up there has done a heck of a job building on what Coach Fife and what Coach Jasic started. For sure. So you finish out your career at IPFW, and then were you a GA? Was that the progression? I, I went to Indiana Tech first as an assistant. Okay. Uh, it's a part-time. I think I got about 9000 bucks. Kind of <laughs> lived off peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> Worked for a guy named Al Grushkin, um, who'd kind of been around the block. Um, worked for Nolan Richardson at Arkansas, okay. and also um, just kind of an old school basketball guy. Um, I still talk to him probably once or twice a week. Um, just basketball wise, probably the most prepared defensive mind I've ever ever been around. Really, uh, really, really took a lot from him. Um, in terms of the defensive end of the floor. And we still, I think my first year at Tech, I wanted to be a genius and try my own thing. And that didn't <laughs> work out very well. So we, we went back to what Al taught and got it going a little bit. But Al was, it was really good to me. Um, really, as a young guy coming out, just fresh out of college, gave me a lot of re responsibility from, from the get-go. Um, in terms of recruiting and on the floor coaching. So that experience for me, my first year out of college was awesome. And then I had the chance to go back to IPFW and work for Tony Jask as a GA. Okay, gotcha. And then you took over at Tech uh, shortly after that and, and at a young age, obviously. And one of the first things um, I noticed because I had a chance to come in and sit in on your practice and just the way you, the way you carry yourself. I mean, you were ready at that time. I don't know if you felt like it or not, but, but you, you know, you kind of were ready to, to lead the program and the way that you communicated and the way that you kind of, your demeanor, I think was, was mature beyond your, your age. And, and that goes a lot to, to Al and uh, coach Jasic. They were both really good kind of role models to see how it should be done. Both different styles. Um, but both very professional and kind of groomed me to be in that position where I could be a head college basketball coach. I think it was two or three years out of college, two years wow. out. Uh, I think I was 24, 25. Um, I still had a lot to learn. I thought I knew exactly what I was doing, but I mean, you got to be willing to, you know, change your, your approach to fit sure. what your personnel can do. And I kind of learned that my first year and then, after my first year, we got it going a little bit at Tech, and then I, I had that opportunity to go back to Fort Wayne to be a Division One assistant at my mater. And I felt like at that point in my career, I couldn't pass that one up. Sure. So what were some things that you kind of came to the realization of or things that you learned once you were the, the head man at Tech? 
a lot lot more goes into it when i when i came in i was i was dead set on hey this is how we're going to do things um and i thought that, that was the only way it can be done i think after that first year we took some lumps um we weren't very good we probably could have been better with the talent we had i just i felt like i didn't do a great job of using our talent and getting the maximum pr- production from what we had um, I watched a lot of film that summer and that spring just to figure out how how can I make a guy like a sophomore guard named Tanner Watkins, who was really, really good um, his junior and senior year. And I felt like I did a bad job. I hadn't needed to figure out how can I make him a better player and not just hear Tanner, you have to fit into this system. Um, right. And I think that was my biggest thing, you know, just as I felt like as my job as a coach was, you know, I recruited these kids or I brought, bring these kids in. Now I got to figure out how I'm going to use them. I, I feel like I got better each year at, at doing that. Um, some things changed year in and year out. And when we rolled with the punches and, and made those changes, and I think it made us a better program. Yeah, for sure. And then you, you like you mentioned, had the opportunity and, and it really seems pretty rare to be able to go from an NAIA straight to a D1 assistant. Um, and at the same time, as you mentioned, and, and from some, being from Fort Wayne, you kind of left in an interesting time because you guys were going to be really good at tech. I'm sure that was probably uh, a difficult decision for you. It was really, really hard. Um, I knew we had a really good recruiting class coming in that I thought, you know, we're going to have a chance to win this conference in the next two years. Mm-hmm. Um Fortunately, I, we, we had a really good AD at, at Indiana Tech named Debbie Warren, who'd kind of been been around. She was actually an assistant athletic director at Alabama for a few years. Okay. And, and at that point, I, I asked her, what, what should I do? Coach Coffin's offered me this job. It's my alma mater. At, at the end of the day, at that, at that time, I wanted to be a Division I head coach um, or a Division II head coach. And she just sat me down and said, John, if you if you want to get into the NCAA world, you need to go go in now. Um, just because some ADs don't realize the type of basketball that's played, especially in NAI in Indiana. I mean, it's it's high level basketball, especially at the top of the crossroads and the WAC. Um, they just people don't realize that. Just they see NAIA and they see kind of the wild, wild west, no rules, kind of do your own thing. Um, and, and they don't think you have the experience and compliance and all that you have to have to be an NCAA coach. So with her advice, I, I it, it was tough. I lost a lot of sleep over it, but yeah. I'm getting to go work for Coach Kaufman um, and back to my alma mater as an assistant was, was a good deal, I felt like. And at that time, I wanted to learn more. Um, especially offensively, and, and we all know John Kaufman can coach some offense. For sure. Um, so I thought it was a good move, and it was. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot from Coach Kaufman. Um, then, then, I, then I jumped ship again and took a Division two job, which was what I wanted to do um, yeah. from that move. And I felt once you're a head coach, it's kind of hard not to run yeah. your own practice. I don't. Ga- games were great. I had no pressure, but. I love running practice. Like that, yep. that's what I love about coaching. Um, so I missed that in that one year when I, when I took the assistant job, but sure. um, it so was good. Had that, I learned a lot. You had that, uh, 
that Wheeling Jesuit um, position open, and was, there was uh, some sort of connection with IPFW, wasn't there? Yeah, the AD there was an assistant AD when I played. Um, he's a he's a Pittsburgh guy, and my good friend Ben Botts um, married a girl that we we, we hung out with yeah. in college that played at IPFW, and they they were from the same town, so okay. um, I, I I knew Rudy. Um, for a long time and always stayed in, in touch with him. Uh, he's a really, really good guy, really good AD. Um, enjoyed working for him for that year. And so how was that? You went out there and, and first time you were coaching outside of Indiana at least and, and at the D2 level, what were some things that, that you noticed as different or maybe even unexpected while you were out there? Um, I did a lot of research going into it. Um, in our league, there wasn't much defense played. Um, I don't know, some, some of your li listeners will know West Liberty um, and some of those teams out in, the, in, the, in our conference, we, they got up, up and down the floor and scored. <laughs> um, but it, it, was, it was a different style of, of the game that we're used to seeing in Indiana. Mm -hmm. uh, I loved it though. Um, Division two is really, really good basketball with a lot of really, really good coaches. And depending on where you're playing at, it might be one style. And then if you go play a team from another region, it's going to be completely different. Really? Uh, but the, the one thing is like, there are a lot of high, high level players um, out there in, in division two basketball. Um, we, we had the privilege of bringing in a whole basically new team when I got the job in July. Wow. So we played six freshmen. We took some lumps, <laughs> some lumps early because most people bring in transfers. Um, yeah. We had a pretty good group. Um, we ended up winning seven of our last 11. I think we got beat by the top four teams in our league the second time through. Um, but I, I thought wow. if some stuff at the school didn't happen, we would have we would had a chance to win the conference in two years. Wow, that's awesome. Um, and we just talked to uh, Coach Kefri Fazia, who's out west, and he went kind of from from high school to a D two. And I really thought it'd be interesting to dig into the idea of going D two to high school, uh, which is where you are now. And so Noblesville job comes open, and and what about it initially kind of appealed to you, or you know what made you consider going that route? You know, uh, I never really got into coaching to you know, coach on TV on, on the game of the week on Tuesday on ESPN. Yeah. Uh, I, I always love being around the game. When I went, when I first got into college, I was a secondary ed major and, you know, I want, I wanted to be a high school coach. Um, my uncle was a high school coach. I, I'd been going to high school games, with my dad, um, since I was a third grader. Um, yeah. I just loved Indiana high school basketball. Um, and then my mom, who was in education, kind of talked me out of it. So I was like, well, I'm going to coach in college then because my mom doesn't want me to go into education. Um, so I switched my major, kind of went a different route. Um, and then when I was out in Wheeling, some school had some issues with, with some funding, um, started to cut scholarships, and then um, kind of just wanted to get – I just got married, wanted to get, get back to our families a little bit. and. Noblesville opened um, and I always thought it should be a pretty good job um, in a great area um, it's a great community kind of 
in a, in a suburb of Indian, but you still kind of have that old town Indiana where, you know, yeah. basketball is kind of what makes it go in the winter. Um, yeah. It's pretty fun. I tell this story all the time. You'll, I'll walk into a gas station on a Friday uh, during the season and there'll be a couple old guys in the back asking me if we're ready to go tonight. Uh, That's awesome. What the game plan is. So <laughs> kind of that atmosphere in our community um, kind of just attracted me to it. Um, and then obviously the facilities here are awesome. Um, it's a great school and mm -hmm. just overall a great community and a great location. For sure. It seemed to check all the boxes for sure. Um, did you have any apprehensions about getting out of college and, and into high school? Um, not really. Um, the game's a little bit different. I, I, I think um, my biggest concern and what I talked to um, Coach Fife about and, and my good friend Ben Botts was, are you, are you sure you are done with college? Because if you make this move, um, it might be hard to get back in. And, you know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing myself at Noblesville until they fire me or, or <laughs> I, I retire one of the two. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with where I'm at. I think I made the right decision for, for me and my family. Um, and it, it's a good place. So I, I, I've enjoyed it so far. Yeah. What are some of those differences between um, the high school and the college game? I mean, the biggest one is defensively the shot clock makes it, I feel like, you, you can do a really, really good job scouting in college and taking stuff away from people um, because of the shot clock makes it a little bit easier on you. Mm -hmm. Scout Carmel and they can hold the ball for yeah. three minutes and run great motion offense. That becomes really, really hard to scout. Yeah. Um, the, the shot clock kind of doesn't let people do that, um, mm -hmm. which there are a lot of really, really good coaches that make it guard a lot of really, really good offense. Um, throughout the whole state. So that's one of the hardest parts is, you know, just, it's just a little bit different of a game in, in terms of, you know, figuring out how you're going to stop somebody. You, you have to be really, really good um, with how you defend and, and your principles defensively to be really good. Kind of college, you can kind of fake it mm -hmm. and, and run that shot clock down and make a team take a tough shot with about five to go on the shot clock and you get the job done. Yeah, so does that change your your strategy or your, or your tactics in terms of the way that you guard things? I think so. About halfway through the year, we, we kind of backed off on some of our principles that we really thought, you know, this is going to be really good to guard high school teams this way. Yeah. Um, especially when in the area we play, play in right now, we don't have quite the talent as some of these schools down here. So we kind of got to figure out, you know, how are we going to survive each defensive possession and not get isolated on one of these really, really good players down here that every team has. Um, so we, we made some adjustments about midway through the year and um, we were up and down a little bit, but I think our guys are really starting to buy into how, how we want to play, especially on the defensive end of the floor. And then what about some, some similarities between the two? I think, uh, one thing is everyone talked to me about, you know, kids aren't going to take it as serious. Um, we're really fortunate at Noblesville. We have kids that, that you know, they want to want to put in the work. They, they want to come to workouts. They want to get better each day. They want to be coached. Um, so I feel like we're, we're pretty lucky in that aspect of, you know, not having a kid that, you know, is just doing it for a social activity. 
Uh-huh. Uh, I feel like we got kids that really want to get better at basketball and really care about their development and improving their game. I'm sure if I continue to do it, they'll be that'll change year in and year out. But right now, I think we have guys that are bought into to that really development side of it that I was kind of worried about. Um, some kids not taking it as seriously as the kids I was used to working out, working with. Because yeah. uh, I mean, everyone in college, especially at the D two D. Uh, D1 and even at the NAI level, they, they all want to go play pro. So they're all pretty committed to their development in the weight room and on the floor. So mm-hmm. uh, I feel like we've gotten pretty lucky here at Noblesville of kids trying to get better and taking their development seriously. Yeah, for sure. And offensively, you know, I assume that you probably picked up a few things from Coach Kaufman and others along the way. Do you see um, an ability to, to transfer some of those things from the college game into high school or would it be totally different? No, I, I think we we do, um, especially the spacing that Coach Kaufman taught and, and the pace of play that we, we play with um, offensively. Um, we don't necessarily play the same style that, that IPFW plays. Um, we're more of a motion-based team. Um, they're more of just kind of space and play and play with pace. Um, we get some more screening actions. Um, but if if we can space the floor and make scoring actions on every kind of action we want to get to in our motion and, and put pressure on the rim, then I think we're going to get at least a decent look every possession. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I, I was curious about this question, so we'll kind of wrap things up near the end here, is, is what would you say would be a, com- a competitive advantage um, given your experiences at the college level to be at Noblesville, either individually for players or collectively for your program? Oh, this is a tough one. I don't, I don't know. Um, obviously, I've been around just watching guys like John Conchar, who, who, who played for the, the Grizzlies this year. I've, I've seen guys work at, at a really high level and, and get to where they want to be and, and reach those goals. Um, so when a kid may, might come in, um, to meeting, which I think most, especially in, in the Indianapolis area and Fort Wayne, they, they've all coached good players that have reached that next level and continue to play after college even. Um, but maybe just being a part of, of guys' development that go from college to pro and, and, and then talking to guys about, hey, I, I used to do this for a living. I used to decide if Jimmy was good enough to get a scholarship and this is what would keep Jimmy from getting a scholarship. So if you don't do this, this, and this, they're not going to look at you or they're not going to take you. And I feel like I can be about completely honest with parents about recruiting and how it works. Um, I don't know if that technically gives me an advantage because I'm sure most high school coaches know and talk to college coaches enough to, to get that um, feedback and give it to their, their kids' parents. But um, just being there firsthand, actually being on the other end of a recruiting call or evaluating a kid in, in the summer or even um, during throughout the school year, um, I can kind of give that feedback straight to our kids and say, hey, this is this is why you're not getting recruited or, hey, you're doing this really well. This is why you're going to start getting recruited here soon. Yeah, just the power of I've been there. I've yeah. marked kids off the list for, for doing that. You know, yeah. that that's powerful. Yeah, we, we've had those meetings a few times. So, uh-huh. <laughs> I think the kids listen to it a little bit. Um, 
obviously they're all 16 year olds. They all know, know what's best for them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've enjoyed it, man. It's been fun. Um, yeah. Get well, you're in a, you know, you've got, uh, it really is. I mean, it's, it's one of those, it's, it's a great school in terms of community and nostalgia for the game. I mean, you walk into that gym and you know, you're a part of something special and you've got the high level area and, you know, right around Indianapolis. So, I mean, it, it really is um, a gold mine, so to speak, type of job that, that, you know, I look kind of forward to, to following your success. Last question as we, as we bring it home is what, you know, we always ask all of our guys this, what is the next step for you in your own, let's say coaching development, or um, what is something that you are hoping to improve on before we enter the season here? You know, just offensively, I've always, I've always thought of myself, my teams are always a little bit better defensively. So this year we, we had the talent to be probably a better offensive team than defensive team. So just kind of how are we going to put our kids in spots where they can be successful with their individual skills? Because um, it's probably the most talented offensive team Noblesville's had in a few years. Um, it's just how, how are we going to maximize that talent on the offensive end of the floor and then kind of find ways to hide it defensively a little bit. <laughs> but um, we should be able to score it a little bit and spread the floor out, which is nice. Um, just kind of fine-tuning that and figuring out where we're going to put guys to, to make them successful on the floor in our offense. I love how you're reflective about that in your first season at Tech, and then it's still something that, you know, is kind of weighing on you and, and how to put your guys in position to be successful. Um, and now at Noblesville, that's a pretty cool process. No, I, I think that's the biggest battle that, that coaches should have, just especially in high school versus college. Kind of college, you can kind of recruit to it and recruit to your system. And the good guys really, really recruit to their system. Um, at Tech, I couldn't really recruit to a system because we kind of had to take kind of what we could get. So we had to tweak it every year. But, I mean, high school coaches, I feel like we have to be able to, to change and, and figure out how to make what we have um, successful in what we do offensively. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Coach, I appreciate the time. This was, this was excellent and wish you nothing but luck this, uh, this coming season. I appreciate it. Make sure you get Kibby out on the golf course. Yeah, we need to. I just told him that. <laughs> it's at about a mile. So <laughs> exactly. He, just, he played in our golf outing. I think it was last weekend. So. Oh man. Oh yeah. He can smoke it. I'll just play in from him. <laughs> yeah, sure. All, All right, right, man. Take care. Yep. yep. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Feel for the Game podcast. Head on over to feelforthegame.com to check out all the resources we offer and enter your email address on the site to sign up for our weekly newsletters as well. And until next time, impact somebody else.